your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase here on the Locked On Sabres podcast that following a 5-3 defeat by the Sabres at the hands of the Washington Capitals. We will recap the game as uh, as I saw it, and I didn't think it went that poorly, so I might sound a little more optimistic. We'll look at the standings and where the Sabres now sit on the season. Um, so that's all coming your way on the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. You can follow the podcast account at Locked on Sabres. Jordan is on Twitter at JR Hanskin. 5-5-2. Um, five, five Sabres fall to 5-5-2. Five, five they are fifth in the Atlantic Division. They still sit above Boston by two points, but the Bruins have played two fewer games. They are five points above the Ottawa Senators, who are sitting at 3-7-1. and one. And they are miles above, six points above the Montreal Canadiens, who are 3-10 and ten on the season with just six points. Sabres are two points behind Detroit and Tampa Bay for the third spot in the Atlantic Division. If you're interested in the standings, um, but a 5-3 to three defeat at the hands of the Washington Capitals. Anders Bjork gets a goal. Cody Eakin gets a goal for the Sabres. Um, Connor McMichael, Alex Ovechkin each get goals for Washington. Tom Wilson gets two goals. John Carlson gets a goal as well. Uh, The Sabres, I thought, played well, though, as I said, in this game. I think they were outplayed in the first period. I thought the second period was a lot closer. And then, you know, playing from behind in the third period, sometimes this happens in the NHL, but I thought they were all over the Capitals in the third period. And I thought they deserved better than to lose this game by two. I thought... It was arguable they were the better team on the night. They were the better team in terms of shot attempts. Um, They outshot Washington in general. The Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Rasmus Aspen line, second game in a row, has looked really strong. I continue to be very impressed by Thompson. He kind of carries the puck like Eichel did, which is interesting to me. He's not Eichel, don't get me wrong. But just being very straight up, a little more patient with the puck this season, Thompson is. He's not rushing decisions. I really do believe that the center position is perfect for him because he – it's funny that he's never done it before because I'm glad Granado got to it. It really fits his game. He likes to use as much space as is afforded to him, and that's tougher when you're on the wing and you're pressed up against the boards and you're constantly being hounded by defensemen. Whereas the ice opens up a little bit, Thompson, big body, not as worried about someone clobbering him over the middle of the ice, and he's able to really use his speed and his stick-handling ability. I think coaches probably all of his career, because he's so big, he's six foot six, 230 pounds, whatever he is, because of his size, coaches have been trying to stick Thompson on the wall, because, oh... He's big body. He's a power forward, basically. Thompson does not play like a power forward. He plays like he's five foot eight, and that's fine. I mean, that'll be frustrating for a lot of fans, but that's what he is. And accepting what he is, and putting him in the center ice position, and not using his size to his advantage, but deciding we're going to use we're going to use the skills that he wants, that he's good at, that he thinks he's good at at least. We're going to use his shot. We're going to use his stick handling ability, his skating. We're going to let him control the middle of the ice, and we'll let other people do the dirty work along the wall. 
He also, by the way, is perfect for having Rasmus Asplund on his wing. Asplund doing some of the, that dirty work I talked about in his own end, uh, having that experience playing center, a bit of a two-way player, and Asplund, Asplund's been very impressive to me too. Those two in particular, Thompson adjusting to center, and Asplund doing, again, a lot of the defensive dirty work while also proving to be a better offensive contributor than I thought he was going to be. Uh, Aspl- those two have been, to me, the most impressive players on the season for the Sabres up front. They were at a 70% Corsi rate against the Capitals uh, last night. Um, scoring chances, they had 10 to the opponent's 4 when they were on the ice, so 71% of those. Two high danger chances, 0 against. They had the puck a lot, and um, I think that's really the Sabres' number one line. In terms of ice time, let me just double-check that. Uh, in terms of ice time, they're even, yeah, the number one line. Thompson, or Skinner, led all forwards in ice time with 19-11. Uh, Thompson was next at 18-51. And then Asplund was, after that, at 17-29. And all three uh, led the team in terms of uh, five-on-five ice time as well. Uh, although Asplund, four seconds below Kajula. But basically the same. 13-42, even strength ice time to Kajula's 13-46. So... That's the Sabres' number one line. How about that? Tage Thompson, two years ago, we were ready to write him off. He's in Rochester. He had a failed first season here, and I was ready to write him off. And two years later, he is the Buffalo Sabres' number one center. It's kind of amazing. Um, So I thought that line really stuck out to me as playing well. They don't get a goal on the night, but they played well. Uh, not a great night for the Ekin Okposo Girgensons line. I thought they got run over in their own end. I thought they were the poorest group uh, among the Sabres on the ice. And, um, you know, worth pointing out that I thought Rasmus Dahlin had a better night with Mark Pesic on his on his uh, defense pairing as opposed to um, to Will Butcher, who had been playing uh, with Dahlin. So good night from Dahlin. Christian Wol- Wolanin uh, come on, comes in for, um, for, for Butcher. And uh, you know what, like he kind of created one of the goals for Washington turnover in his own end, and then the puck just happens to go off him and into the back of the net. That's in the third period. So not a great debut, I would say, for him, for Wolanin, but um, we'll see if he gets uh, another look. Uh, by the way, I went through the goal scorers. Uh, other Sabres who got a point tonight, uh, Vinny Hino-Stroza gets an apple, as did Artur Rutzelainen, Robert Hag, and Mark Pesic. Dustin Tokarski, 25 saves. On 30 shots against. Um, not a great night from Tukarski. Uh, yeah, this is going to happen. AHL goaltender that's being pressed into duty in the NHL this season for the Sabres. He's played well so far this year, but this is more what I was expecting from Tukarski. Not a great night by him. Vitek Venacek on the other side. 25 saves on 28 shots against. So, that's kind of the crux of what happened for the Sabres in their defeat to the Washington Capitals. Uh, again, I thought they were the better team on the night. I was happy to see Alex Ovechkin get one of the goals for the Capitals. I've been obsessive over Gretzky getting 99's record, getting Wayne Gretzky's record as the number one goal scorer in NHL history, and he is well on his way. He is first in the NHL in goals scored this season. He is up to 11 in 12 games after scoring last night, and he almost had two. That first goal goes off of him. He deflects it perfectly, and then it goes off of Tom Wilson and into the back of the net, and then he gets the deflection on his goal later on. Not typical OV goals. He almost had two, and they were both deflections. He gets one, it's a deflection. Um, He's off to an incredible start. Hart Trophy candidate so far. The Capitals, too, I mean, they're not playing that well. Even I mentioned here, I think they were the worst team on the night 
but they capitalized on their opportunities and they come away with the W. But I didn't think Washington was all that good. And they really haven't been all season. Their underlying numbers would tell you that they're just kind of like their PDO is very high. They're they're getting their shot at their shooting percentage is at an astronomically high rate. And will that maintain? Will that continue? I mean, with Ovechkin, it will. But how many of these other guys can you really count on that happening for? Um, Nicholas Backstrom will come back at some point, and that will help them as well to kind of even that even that up. But Good for Ovechkin to get the goal. He's at 11 on the season, 741 for his career. He's 155 away, I believe. Uh, 894 is the record, right? So 155 away from getting the record. I think he's going to do it. I've said all along I think he's going to do it. I don't. I think you could still bet that, by the way, at betonline.ag if you want to go look up the odds um, for Ovechkin breaking Wayne Gretzky's record. you got to put the money down and then wait a long time. That's the thing about that bet. You're not going to get the payout for a very long time, even if you win it. Um, so just uh, just interesting that uh, Ovechkin gets another goal, and given how well he is uh, started the season. Um, that's going to do it, though. Just a quick abbreviated uh, recap of the Sabres win over the – or loss over the Washington Capitals um, on Monday night. Um, we have our next game coming up on Friday night. McDavid and the Oilers are in town to play the Buffalo Sabres. And then Saturday, the Leafs are playing the Sabres. Now, I think the details that I've gotten on that are Canadians coming across the border can get a COVID test while they're in Canada, cross the border just for the game, and then when they re-enter Canada, they can use that test uh, as their re-entry because you need a negative COVID test to go into Canada. Canadian citizens that come across the U.S. border don't need one, but when you go back, you do. So that does not have to happen after you cross the border. You can get it before, which I believe means you're going to see a lot of Maple Leaf fans on Saturday. I've been wondering if that's going to be the case, and at this point I would bet on that building being 80% full of, uh, of blue and white with uh, Maple Leaf fans. And I'll be in the arena. I think that's going to be fun. You know, like I – I was in the arena on Saturday, first time this season that I went as a fan. Uh, I've been to the press box this season, but first time I went just down in the seats, just I got tickets through work, um, and it is just, it's stark. It is stunning when that building is that empty. I mean, it's been quiet. It's been quiet for years, but empty like that, man, it was a sad sight, and it was sad to be sitting in it. And uh, Saturday, even though it's going to be the away fans, I'm looking forward to that building being full, if it is going to be, and being loud, raucous, because they also get the Sabre fans going. That's the thing about Leaf games that I love. Even when it's close to 50-50, 60-40 in favor of Toronto fans, even above that, when the Go Leafs Go chant gets going, Sabre fans start booing, and then they start getting going with the Let's Go Buffalo because they don't want to be uh, showed up. So... Uh, it really makes for a really good atmosphere, and uh, I hope we get that uh, on f- Saturday against the Maple Leafs. So two marquee opponents coming your way uh, into town on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we'll get a prospects report uh, on our next episode. We'll look at what Owen Power is doing at Michigan, Eric Portillo as well, Devin Levy over at Northeastern, uh, Ryan Johnson at Minnesota, and then also down on the farm uh, in Rochester with J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, and now Peyton Krebs. So we'll, we'll look around at what some of the prospects are doing, and I do want to take a deeper look at what's going on around the league. Um, so that'll be our next episode, so come back for that. 
This podcast was brought to you by DirecTV Stream, a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite movies, shows, and uh, sports all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. This podcast also brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm just double-checking that Ovechkin bet to make sure that you can still do it. Uh, but it's your number one spot for all the hockey, basketball, and football action this season. They have a new updated desktop website and mobile website, so sign up today and you'll receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus i guess you actually can't make that ovechkin bet anymore uh, maybe they'll put it back up i don't know that's one of those things where the odds are constantly changing so um yeah it doesn't look like you're able to do it you can bet on the olympics you could bet on stanley cup futures what are the sabers right now sabers to win the stanley cup are plus fifteen thousand. Which, for comparison, that might sound like an astronomical number. The Coyotes are plus 75,000. So, there's a little positive spin for you. Bet online, the Sabres are like five, like four, t- more than four times more likely to win the Stanley Cup than the, uh, than the Arizona Coyotes are. Um, so, head over to Bet Online. Remember, 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, where the game starts. We will talk to you tomorrow here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories from around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms.